0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today we have an incredible guest with an incredible story joining us on the podcast today. Actress and singer Bonnie Peace is no stranger to creative growth and evolution and contrast (laughs) She first got into the acting business when at 15, she was scouted by George Lucas to play a young Buru Lars in Star Wars, episode two, Attack of the Clones and episode three, Revenge of the Seath. As she started to gain traction in her acting and music career, she felt this calling for something more. And that something more led her to discover the world of self-development and improvement. And before she knew it, she found herself on a decade plus long path inside and out of the self described American multi level marketing company and cult Nexium. Now, if you have seen the award winning documentary on HBO Max, you are very aware of the story of Nexium and its founder. When I first met Bonnie, it was when she reached out to me via Instagram DM a few years ago, letting me know how much this podcast. Meant to her during some of her darkest moments of facing the public eye and the media during her very traumatic experience with exposing Nexium. And it truly is so incredible and powerful for all of us to see firsthand how our work can impact others. And I think a lot of times we don't even know that it's happening. But this story isn't about Nexium. Or cults, it is so much more. During today's deep and meaningful conversation, Bonnie shares her very personal experience of finding and losing herself through her discovery of worthiness and how reclaiming her own creative power not only saved her from a cult leader, but also gave her a newfound purpose in the deeper work that she has been called to do. This is a really beautiful and powerful conversation about self worth. The power of influence, purpose, vision, and why it is important to always fight for your own personal creative courage. You do not want to miss this incredibly inspiring and impactful conversation today with the amazing Bonnie Peace. Let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Julie. I'm so happy that you're here. It's so lovely to connect and have you on the podcast today.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's oh, this totally is gonna be an honor. Yeah, this is going to be so great.
0: So, we actually connected through social media because I know that you had you're you've been a listener of my podcast over the years, but then I've also been a fan of your work. Um I kind of I think came upon your work originally in the Star Wars, Star Wars, Wars, can I say that word? Right? <laughs> in that world. Um, really? Okay, cool. Yes. I think that was kind of my original taken to you. I mean, my husband's also an actor and I have a nine-year-old son. And so we're like, in the Disney plus all the time, (laughs) like (laughs) the ways of that. And I have another friend whose husband is, he's the voice of Obi-Wan in the, one of the animated series. And so I think I found you through there, but as I started to follow you on Instagram and I just kind of started to hear more about your journey and you've had such a Fascinating and layered and beautiful and expansive journey of your work and your own personal development and your creativity. And so I wanted to bring you on the podcast to share a little bit of that. So, if you wouldn't mind maybe taking us way back to Australia
1: (laughs) and how all of this really started to come about for you. For sure. Okay. So, going way back, I had a dream to be an actor when I was about 15 in Australia. And I started to pursue it. I got an acting agent actually through I was doing springboard diving and there was a girl at diving who got an agent and she was getting some work and she was like, go along and say hi. So I did and that agent actually booked me in Star Wars and then we parted ways for a second and now she's my agent again. And she is the most lovely person. It's kind of like a full circle Um, anyway, so yeah, I booked star Wars when I was 16 and that was quite, um, quite an incredible process because I really felt that I manifested it. I Mm. was more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I heard that they were shooting in Sydney and it was kind of the beginning of Hollywood movies being shot in Australia. And there was something about it. I felt really drawn to it as I'm sure a lot of people do with star Wars but I felt this kind of calling and I just put it out there to the, to the universe and I would dream about it at night. And like, imagine being on set and then they called me. It's <laughs> so,
0: wild. That is wild. So would you, when you would, dream, would you literally just think as if it had already, you you kind yeah. of thought it into existence?
1: Yeah. And I still do that to this day. And actually that's how I pulled Obi-Wan Kenobi in. I feel at least partially. Mm. Um, yeah so I would just really imagine being on set and I, I would kind of it was sort of like a prayer of saying, You know, if this is meant to be um I'll bring something so special like, like everyone will be so happy, it'll be a, like a perfect fit mm-hmm. and yeah, I'd imagine the feeling you know the feeling of getting the call and and all of that, so really feeling the juiciness of it.
0: Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. I would love if you would touch more on how this because you unlock this at such a young age, like how has this idea of really tapping into that frequency been able to
1: propel you as you flowed through your creative journey? Yeah, my mom um, thought that way, so for sure I can give her credit for, for triggering that in me and for kind of instilling that in me. And there was a book that I read that she recommended when I was really young called um, "The Game of Life and How to Play It." by Florence Scobleshin. so that was kind of in my my way of thinking. And I would say I kind of remembered to activate that process and I forgot a bunch of times. And so I have definitely, you know, once I moved to L.A. and I, I got a record deal and then kind of hit some hard times in L.A., I definitely forgot how to activate that manifestation power. I forgot my soul power. Mm.
0: Um, share a little bit more about that. So after, you know, you were doing star Wars for how many years that the first go round.
1: So the first go round, um, it was actually pretty quick. The shooting we shot in Tunisia just for one week when I was 16. And then, um, episode three came back around when I was 19 and I was doing Australian, uh, TV shows in between that. And then but then I had my eye on Hollywood. LA. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> like jumping the gun here.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd finished high school. Um, I was 18, and I'd been in Star Wars, and of course they they invited me to the premiere, and I felt like, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. They didn't fly me, so I'm like, yeah, I'll fly myself to to Hollywood. <laughs> but when I landed there, I, rem- I remember as I was touching down and kind of looking over the clouds, I was really feeling that I wanted to follow music. I, w- I had all these songs I'd written. I wanted to make an album. So I was kind of making a wish as I touched down. And I did meet a producer that we made an album. I worked with him for a number of years. That's another story because the album didn't come out. But anyway, that was a part of my journey. And from there, uh yeah, I just I kind of settled into the LA groove, making the music, uh, and experiencing the highs and lows of Hollywood for sure. So as I said, you know, forgetting my spiritual power, forgetting kind of why I was there, losing myself in different things. And what do you think to...
0: lent to that
1: that disconnection for you? I think I started to very much look outside of myself as I think most people probably can relate to that. It's like we have a dream. There's a, a very strong connection and a belief in ourselves. And then there are so many things that we hear um, externally You know, you need to be this way or that way, or there are so many boxes that people try to fit us in. And yeah, I started listening to to people in quote unquote authority, and feeling like I needed to do what they said, and feeling more and more, uh, I guess, like yeah, trapped in other people's ideas, and unsure of myself and who I really was.
0: And then from that place
1: what was the next step for you from that place so yeah i, I guess i was in my mid 20s and i had this record deal which also the the market crash in 2008 had just happened mm-hmm. so everyone was kind of confused we had just like almost signed with capital records it was one of those meetings where they were like we love it what do you want like all the heads of um EMI North America were there they were like yes and the next day um everyone in that room got fired. So that was a real moment of, okay, where are we going with this? And my team didn't really know what to do with the album. And I, yeah, I started to feel quite a lot of anxiety, stress, feeling lost. And that, that really began my spiritual journey of seeking. Mm. I love
0: how you, how you call it seeking. Um, so was it around this time that, and for for those that are listening, and I, I want you to kind of share it, you had gotten involved with, at the time, would you call it a personal development group?
1: Yes. Called Nexium. Yep. It, it yep. wasn't the first one. I was kind of, you know, putting my toe into a, a number of different ones as, yes. as I think some of us do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was seeking, I was seeking for community, for uh, something that would help me with like the anxiety and the stress. And I started actually meditating before I got into Nexium. I had started meditating and had some pretty profound shifts. And then I met my husband, um, Mark Vicente, and he was doing Nexium. And still to this day, I kind of feel like there was something. Well, looking back, I can see how the whole thing actually was important for my journey and there was a purpose. Uh, But yeah, that led me down a path where I got trapped in what essentially turned out to be a cult. Mm. And I was in there for seven years until I had another spiritual awakening that kind of like rocked my whole world and got me to question things and actually listen to myself. My
0: friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, Business for sponsoring the show. Would you mind sharing that? And just, um, cause I think what's really fascinating here is, um, not so much like I got into this thing and then it was a cult, but the, the, the human, the human experience of drawing you in there. And then the signs, the gut instinct, you know, we always say you got to listen to that Still, small voice in you. and And if you don't, the universe has a funny way, you know, of getting your attention, yes. and so, so what was that spiritual awakening of, you know, you you met your husband. you both now join Nexium? um you're going through the trials and tribulations of that if anyone listening to the podcast if you don't know what that is you can there's uh, there's an incredible documentary on on HBO Max about it i highly recommend checking that out there's articles we don't have to get into all those details it's out there for people mm-hmm. to consume but it was ended up being a a global story very big story but we kind of saw it years down the road so you being in it during the What was
1: this probably at the time, 2015? I got in 2010 and the awakening happened 2016. Okay. So it was six years. Walk me
0: through um, maybe just an overview of Mm -hmm. the six years of kind of where you were at creatively, spiritually, emotionally, and then Mm -hmm. what was that precipice that happened in 2017 for you?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 2010, I was so excited about what I'd found there there were tools that were really going deep emotionally and I was having some pretty big breakthroughs and realizing things. So it, it drew me in with those, with those things. And I believed in the vision. I really believed that there was like a good intention behind everything. And it felt like a community that was moving towards this, this common intention, this common mission. So I loved it. Um, There, of course, there were red flags from the beginning. Now I can look back and see them. Uh, Things like certain manipulative tactics, um, like forcefulness, like really pushing their views onto me and onto people, which now I kind of would smell that a mile away and be like, you know, (laughs) let's not push anyone to do anything. Let's encourage everyone to actually check in with themselves (laughs) and feel what's right. But I guess because I had that tendency to, you know, turn turn my power over to authority um, and, and believing that there was a good intention behind it, I made it okay and just somehow thought that that was okay. Um, so I would say the first two years, I still really loved it. Of course, looking back, the red flags were there. After about three years, we started uh, kind of like an acting school, Um, Keith Raniere developed this whole thing for artists which I was really drawn to because that's what I wanted to do I wanted to figure out how to connect deeper as an artist Mm. so I kind of went headfirst into that and then before I knew it that was when things really accelerated and I mean they had us working around the clock there was a, a point where I was only sleeping like one hour a night And there was a lot of pressure, and so my body started breaking down. I mean, having meltdowns, as you do if you don't sleep, just, yeah, really beaten down. And there was a point where I I just wanted to go back to L.A. I wanted to pursue acting and music again, and I had a job lined up and a place to stay. Mark and I were still together. He would have been coming back and forth. But I really wanted to leave where we were in upstate New York. And so I'd planned it, I was going, and then Keith Raniere took me for a walk in the middle of the night and led me to believe that it would be spiritual death if I did that. And again, like now, I would never fall for that. I would hear what he was saying and say, okay, you're a sociopath, <laughs> let me get away. Like, <laughs> how do you know what's best for me? You don't. And exactly. Goodbye. Right. <laughs> spiritual death to follow my dream? Oh my goodness but that's really like I don't think I believed that in my gut but I I really thought he knew best Mm. I had so much respect for what I thought he had done that I kind of just like I just um I did what he said and I stayed in Albany and things deteriorated and just got further and further away from what I really wanted but by that point I was yeah kind of lost And then in 2016, uh, I noticed that in my meditation, totally separate than anything in the cult, there was, um, this can get really esoteric. So you can tell me how far you want to go. But as I was going into this space in meditation, it's like, I would put my little toe in and there'd be electrical explosions, which now I know are probably Kundalini, um, so I was resisting this space in meditation that was pulling me in. And I told this to a friend of mine who was actually also in the cult, but she was a little more removed. And she she was really struck by what I had found. And she said she had a beautiful French accent. I always have to say her accent, not that I can do it well, but she said, bonouche. She was like, I've heard about this, this abyss, this void. She, she was like, Eckhart Tolle talks about it and she said you have to go in so she really encouraged me to and then i did start getting intuitive voices whatever you want to call them intuitive nudges that were getting stronger and stronger saying not only do you have to go into this space but you like you must cancel all your plans cancel everything and just sit in meditation until you find who you are long story as i did that and After 10 days, I went in and it was an explosion of like the most incredible joy and bliss in my full being. Like, just so much more incredible than I ever could have imagined. And it was what I was looking for, it was what I had been seeking. So I found it. And it was within. (laughs) It was within. It was within the whole time. Right? But yeah, and you so know. that that broke the trap. Mm.
0: So yeah, walk me through if you can those 10 days. Were you were you in
1: upstate New York? I actually was staying in Marina Del Rey in LA. Okay. So yeah. you were a little bit removed from that energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. I was in Marina Del Rey and I actually had I was staying at a friend's place and they weren't there. So I just had 10 days to myself. Mm. And I canceled plans and I was listening to other spiritual podcasts that started breaking me out of that all-consuming trap of of ESP. I mean, we we called Nexium ESP. Um yeah, so it was just walking on the beach, listening to to podcasts and attempting to go into this space. And I was kind of sinking deeper and deeper into it. And on the tenth day, I actually dropped right into it like total relaxation, and I, for the first time actually that I could ever remember, felt zero fear or tension in my body at all. It was like gone. And I thought that was curious, but I went to sleep. And then at 2 a.m., that was when I woke up, um, and it it was like my whole system had been connected to some, like, to source, but to, like, an electrical source um that started rewiring my DNA I could see mathematical equations um in my hands and everything was just made of light and it was a lot to process too I, I came to learn that an awakening like that requires um grounding and yeah processing it in a way that's that's grounded which I didn't have for a number of years
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, what was the re-entry like? Especially because it wasn't just someone having an experience like that and then just re-entering back into reality. It's you having an experience like that and then re-entering back into a cult. (laughs) Yes, right? (laughs) Just like adds a little layer to all of that. (laughs) So how was that process of 10 days of just separation, of you really connecting to the divine, you going inward, you having the downloads? you having now this new found clarity that you can't unknow, like it's, mm-hmm. it's now a part of you, it is you. And then this was 2017. So then what, what were the next steps and what was that next phase like for you of trying to reenter and recalibrate and make this a part of your reality and of your existence?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that, we were all seeking that like that this was what the cult was about so i was like oh i found it like i couldn't wait to tell everyone like you you could find it too and so i started telling people and then getting punished by the leadership like there were rumors that you know i'd gone crazy and um uh, and i started getting gaslit and people were kind of yeah saying that i was like yeah gone gone off my, off my rocker basically and then I was looking around at the people in the cult and from this place of joy, which lasted, like this full complete joy lasted for about three months. Um, from that place, I could see that the people in the cult didn't have that joy. So it started to get me thinking, oh, maybe that's not what this is about. I thought, sorry, have got a big loud helicopter. I thought that that's what we were doing and it really revealed itself uh, by the way people responded. And yeah, from there, I I just, I had started listening to my intuition and it was telling me that it was time to leave. I didn't know at all the crimes that were happening. I sensed that something was kind of, that things were very controlled and manipulative, but I, I certainly had no idea what was going on behind the scenes but my gut was saying, get out, get out, get out. So I started planning my, my, I want to call it an exit, but it was eventually an escape. And um, yeah, I, I sent my, my exit letter. When was it? Like January, 2017. And by that point I realized you weren't allowed to leave. The amount of pressure that I was getting of like, you literally were not allowed to leave. (laughs) I mean, I think if you were kind of just a student, like a lower tier, that's fine, you can come and go. But, you know, I'd been doing their coaching and everything and um, because my husband was was deeply in it too, it was like they had a hold on us. And so that was another thing to realize that I wasn't allowed to leave. It was like, wow, okay, something bad's going on here. And I ended up um, reaching out to someone else who had left and she started to help me understand what a cult actually is. And then it was just horror. So I was dealing with this kundalini that was still going through my system, not processed, and, and trauma, and just, like, horrific trauma at what I had been a part of. And I was just so, like, so sick to my stomach and I spent a bunch of time rolling around the floor crying, throwing up, like because it was so disgusting to learn what they were doing as I uncovered evidence.
0: And, and then I, can I only imagine
1: yeah. the fear that you have. Oh, my gosh. So much fear.
0: Yeah. Of just like, is something going to happen to me if I leave?
1: Yeah. And I was hearing stories of what they had done to other people who had left, like really, really dark stuff. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of money because one of the heiresses that Keith kind of had a hold of was actually using her money to, to go after people legally to frame them for crimes they hadn't done. And like they'd been successful at destroying some people's lives. So I knew that it was very bad and I had to get my husband out and it took about, I think it was three months before he was able to wake up. So yeah, the stress, I I thought I was having a heart attack every single day.
0: And so in those three
1: months, how were you able to finally physically escape? So. I sent my exit letter. Actually, it's kind of a funny story. The the final The fact pro- that you had to send an exit letter, like even that yeah. is just yeah.
0: cuz you know, I, I think it's like, you know, in in the coaching space and personal development space and you hear about all different kinds of conferences and programs and retreats and all of these things that people do and even long extended ones and just like I I, I could only imagine the level of grooming over time that has to exactly. take place to where you know you're having to send an exit letter to leave something that you the you at one point like mm-hmm. voluntarily was like I'm going to yeah. come to this like and you know it's just it's yeah. wild and I think it's important to note that of how when we when we start when we stop listening to what we know is true like how deep and far removed we can come mm-hmm. from our own
1: purpose yeah. And with people who are, you know, more sociopath, sociopathic, there, there is a real way that they break people down that's bit by bit. They can't do it all at once or you'd be out of there on the first day. You would never sign up. So, it, you know, it is that analogy of a boiling frog where one day, years later, you wake up and you're like, how did I get here? It's a very slow burn. Yeah. And the the exit letter, like I even by that point, I had realized that things were terrible. And so the person who had left was actually helping me draft the exit letter to to like not put in keywords that would alert them to any problem. Like it was I had to be so careful, like legally and everything to send this exit letter. Yeah, it's really intense. And so then you got to leave. So I left. I went to L.A. Um, Luckily, we still had that L.A. part of our life. Great. So went to L.A., got kind of removed. They were still harassing me, like so many messages from people, really manipulative messages, Um, kind of along the lines of, you know, this is spiritual death, like really using the scare tactics uh, to try to hook me back in. And then trying to separate my husband and I too. So putting like full steam manipulation onto him to try to think that I had gone crazy. And yeah, so that was three months of being harassed and, (laughs) and trying not to trying to say things in a way that wouldn't have him totally turn against me as well. Cause if you say to someone who like he really believed in, in Keith and their so-called mission, and you, you, I just had to be so careful what I said so that he wouldn't turn on me. But I knew I had to get through to him because the thought of leaving him um, in that thing was just, like, so horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I, I got away and eventually he he did wake up. I was able to put enough evidence in front of him and he saw the light and then we, we started this journey of um, rescuing people going to law enforcement. Law enforcement wasn't doing anything. Um, They were kind of a couple of times from law enforcement, we just heard, yeah, super dangerous, be careful. And we're like, (laughs) what? Do something. Thanks. Yeah. So nothing was happening and eventually um, we had started filming ourselves, which turned into The Vow on HBO, and we, we went to the New York Times And that turned into a front page article about how this branding was going on, which people can look into. Yeah. And then that was really,
0: yeah, the precipice of everything else that unfolded after that.
1: Yeah. Then it just felt like I kind of want to take it back to this divine thing. I feel like there was divine guidance through the whole thing where suddenly we were just on this train. Of like this is what we had to do, and it's interesting because the vow actually led to some really incredible career breakthroughs, which I had I did not intend that at all. It felt like it felt like suicide to do it because mm-hmm. I we it was such a mess. We felt so ashamed um, to be filmed for I guess it was like two years straight in the midst of PTSD. Um, feeling like the worst, the worst mess of my life. Uh yeah, it just felt like this is gonna lead to just like career destruction. But I had to do it.
0: It reminds me a lot of um, which was kind of I think happening around the same time, a lot of the women who came out about Harvey Weinstein and yeah. two the movement. There's very similar, you know, where you think I'm never gonna work again mm-hmm. if I if I come out. Like I'm done. Right. And then for some of them, it allowed them to kind of rebirth, um, a whole new vision and life for themselves. And that's what I would love to know about, about your story with, do you think that if you wouldn't have had that experience in Marina Del Rey, the <laughs> 10 day meditation experience, do you think that you would have been able to wake up enough to have the courage and the clarity
1: to leave when you did? Absolutely not. I feel I found my my true nature I found who I truly was and it, that gave me a strength that was so incredible that allowed me to question everything to to stand it allowed me to stand really 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 strong in my truth even though there was all that fear and stress and threats and stalking and harassing and and even even telling my story and being filmed and everything, even though it was so stressful, I still had that that connection underneath, that spiritual connection that, um, yeah, I, I really don't think I could have done any of that without it.
0: And do you feel like in the midst of, because it wasn't just this one moment, like you said, it was years of then now uncovering and then the documentary and then sharing all of this, how were you able in the process of that to integrate everything that had happened years before during that 10 day meditation? Was it, were you able to kind of do it as it flowed and kind of the more that you shed the shame and everything else of the past, the more that you were able to dive into that? How, how were you able to really get to the other side of that and and use that, that power that you remembered Mm -hmm. that was already inside you to make that happen?
1: Yeah, so I kind of turned my back on all things spiritual including that space that I'd found in myself for a good couple of years. But I was called to pick up the tarot, to to start reading tarot cards. And actually, so there was this incredible stress in everything else, just like so much stress and fear, but whenever I picked up the tarot cards, it actually dropped me back into that calm space. So I was doing tarot throughout that time just for myself, for, for my husband, for, you know, friends that were going through this. But it was kind of an anchor. And then I didn't start meditating again until I feel like it was the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2022. And then I actually dropped back into this space and, and discovered it all again and and realized kind of pieced it together as well that oh I had been seeking this and there's nothing wrong with that because for a few years I felt so ashamed of like what kind of crazy people get involved in a cult and like you must be really weak and um, insecure and all these thoughts in my head around how I was bad for being involved and so refinding that just showed me that there's nothing wrong with seeking at all i was seeking my true nature that's beautiful and yeah we just need to to seek that in ways that are are healthy but that peeled away a huge layer of shame realizing oh i was a seeker that's fine oh i love that
0: and and I know that you, you just mentioned the tarot. So I want to get to that. So all of that seeking and that story, and just thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that that's My been pleasure. such a journey. And, um, and I, and I think that, you know, there may not be people that can re identify or relate to that exact situation of being in a cult. Maybe they can, but I think I know that they can relate to the feelings, shame, embarrassment, guilt,
1: yeah. horror, fear. I mean, just to like share a bit more about that, I felt so ashamed between 2017 and like 2019 that I could hardly even go to a grocery store. Like even the PTSD, I had to wear sunglasses in grocery stores and, and headphones because everything was too stimulating, but I just didn't want to be seen by anyone because I had so much shame. So, I mean, I hope I can be an example for you can peel that off. You can, you can drop that even if you're having a really hard time.
0: Oh yeah. It's beautiful. So I want to talk more about the tarot and how you now use that as a modality for not only your own personal journey of really tapping into your power and your source, um, but how you've been able to start to help others. I know that you mentioned you would help, you know, your husband and friends and things like that, but as Mm -hmm. it kept evolving, what does that look like now for you?
1: Yeah, it it really proved itself to me. By about 2019, I was like, "Oh, this is accurate—the stuff that's coming through." And I was aware that it was intuitive. Like, there's the, the there's the traditional meanings of the cards, which I learned, but I was tapping into this thing that I had found in meditation, where I'd I'd ask a question and I'd, I'd get an answer that was proving to be accurate. So I was getting confidence with that. And then I started really tentatively offering readings in 2019, still feeling ashamed. So I was kind of juggling this shame, but also knowing that there was something important to it. And it it happened pretty kind of consistently where people would come at a, a steady pace, friends of friends, and I was like vaguely advertising it. And so gaining confidence, gaining confidence, and also um, starting to see that this intuitive thing was really open for me. And so over the, over the time, like since then to now, I've actually sunk into more just just dropping in, and the tarot cards are a way to kind of like activate the messages or get more specific answers. But a lot of it is actually just intuitive, of like there's some some source connection that I have, and the, like wise wise answers come from there. So that's been beautiful. Um, and just such an incredible thing to to share this with people and get such great responses and feel like oh I I wanted to help people that's what I thought I was doing in ESP and that all got tainted for a while because I like didn't ever want to hurt anyone again I'm like I just want to help and so the tarot has has slowly over time given me the confidence to do that and now I just feel like with the shame kind of gone and all these incredible people that are coming for readings it's i feel so rich in in connections and just being able to share this with people tell us a little bit about how the readings work and if someone wanted to receive a reading from you what would that look like for them yeah so um so when someone books in i i actually do a meditation before the reading and just to kind of open up to any any messages that want to come through And it's always different and I never know why these things are coming through. Like I'll get an image of something and it took me a little while to trust that as well. I'm like, why am I getting like an image of a vine on a piece of land, you know, winding up to the sky? I was like, okay, I'm just going to say it. And so I've learned to, to trust that. So I'll share the messages that came through in the beginning and that'll open a discussion and we'll talk a little bit. And some people you know, have really specific questions and they'll, they'll say right off the bat, like, I really need support with this kind of thing and then we'll jump right into it. Um, other people are like, I'm just open to to general things that want to come through. And I feel, I don't really know what this is yet, but it is an energetic process too. There's some, I think because this kind of space is opened where there's a connection to source, um, energetic things are processed as well. So if someone comes, you know, with a, with a fear or some block or something that they're feeling, um it's pretty common that that'll resolve and get processed in in the reading. And it's yeah, it's a very energetic thing where um, you'll feel it. Like at one point in in the reading, I'll suddenly get a hot like I'm like what? I'm so hot like I'll have to take my jacket off, drink some water, you know, because something's moving through and then it all clear and things feel different and the messages that are coming through are different too so yeah it's a very intuitive energetic process
0: and how has this process because you you mentioned it kind of at the beginning of the conversation where you said you had kind of lost that that manifestation piece and being able to kind of call into existence what you desire how has this led you to tapping back into that creative process and, you know, you're now back on Star Wars, which I love. It's just such a full circle. I know, it's,
1: it, it's a cool,
0: cool web of things, yeah. Yeah. So how has all of this really in the last couple of years lended to the reality that you have today?
1: Yeah, so actually, thanks for reminding me, during during that really difficult time when I was also doing the, the tarot just for myself and, and family, I would do these these visioning sessions where I'd sit down in a cafe and first I would just write out every, everything that was on my mind, any kind of emotional thing that I was feeling, just like blah, like the morning pages from The Artist's Way, just throw it down. And then I would do some gratitude, so like five five things that I was grateful for to start to tap into that frequency. And then I would start to envision what I wanted for my life. And in those sessions, I mean, I need to pull up those those pages I did write down they I I literally wrote like they they brought me back for Obi-Wan for I think I was calling it Kenobi at that point and they brought my character back in such a great way that was really meaningful to the fans and cooler than ever could have been imagined but small enough that I don't feel overwhelmed because I had PTSD I was like you know supporting role please um and i even wrote down like the pay the amount that i would be paid and it ended up being exactly that to the dollar <laughs> wow so yeah but so that was in a period of stress so i was still able to tap into that when i when i went and did these journaling sessions and it that was there for me the whole time even though i forgot about for, forgot about it at, at times And so now, um, yeah, I'm still processing some of the PTSD, still working with the Kundalini to, to stabilize it and really more aware and more conscious than ever of what I'm creating and that I do have that manifestation power. And also it's kind of a collaboration with Source. It's not just like my ego, like little Bonnie wants this. It's like what am I being called to? on a soul level. And I really, I've been thinking a lot about that. The quote, I think it's a roomy quote. What you seek is seeking you. I've been thinking yeah. a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're being called to something that it's calling you for a reason.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, um, it reminds me of that saying, if you if you spot it, you've got
1: it. Mm, yeah. yeah, totally. If you can see it, like you yeah. can tune into it. Yeah, Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I I love the the
0: the process that you did. It's kind of like your own methodology. You would start with just the the three the free thinking, flowing writing, the gratitudes, mm-hmm. and then kind of tapping into what what do you want and you yeah. It, and I love that it was just to to the dollar exactly what it's you so crazy, done. right? Fascinating, and it,
1: yeah, and it wasn't. I mean, it, it, obviously, it was being negotiated at a certain point. So like. It wasn't to the dollar until the final moment. And then I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could have told you that. Right. <laughs> it was so good. yeah, that process w- is, was really important. And I feel, um, I don't know, maybe other people can, but for me, if I'm in a funk, I can't just right away start manifesting and dreaming and visioning. I need to clear that out um, and get the gratitude happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's key. And, you know, I, I just, I, I love, and I appreciate your story and your message so much, because I think at least for me, it just reminds me of how powerful we really are. And when we don't allow ourselves to underestimate the power that is within us, the power of our purpose, the power of our vision, anything can happen. And I love that in the midst of all of the chaos and all of the trauma and all of the horrific, horrific things that you had to experience and go through, that you were able to still at the, at the other side of that, like pick up kind of right where you left off, but also in this really expansive
1: and new and evolved way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, whatever that was inside was never lost and it never is for anyone. It's always there no matter what you're going through. But yeah, as we go through these things and gain life experience and wisdom, it deepens.
0: Yeah, it really does. Well, Bonnie, I would love for you to share a little bit more about what you've been working on. I know you've got some fun things with um, just how, People can start tapping into your modalities, your methods, your processing with um with the work that you're doing. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm still offering the tarot readings and I'm just starting to kind of open the doors for mentoring as well, uh, which is a container like a, a very safe space where I can help people actually free up energetic blocks. so it's very much linked to intuition and just really honing in on like what is your soul calling for and how can we free up the things in the way so that you can step into that and shine your light so that's kind of just beginning but if people are interested feel free to reach out yeah when you when you imagine your
0: perfect mentee who is it and and what's happening in the dynamic
1: yeah my perfect mentee is somebody who who has that connection like they feel they were put on this planet for a reason there's some light in some specific way that they know that they're here to shine and they're just feeling tentative or like wanting to to move forward in a bigger way and yeah people who are sensitive spiritually connected and just want that support to to move through some of these uncomfortable things so that they can Really give the world what they're what they're here to give,
0: mm, I love that, and I love that my sign
1: shine <laughs> <I> shines. <yes. laughs> and you're so amazing at doing that. I just want to thank you uh during like the the worst time listening to your podcast was reminding me uh that I could shine that there was something in inside that I needed to give to the world, and you brought me so much inspiration and I know I told you this, but I want to tell your audience too um. There was one episode with James Wedmore. Yeah, yeah, James. James. So I listened to that episode. I guess it was, I forget which year it was, but I had been holding off doing an actual interview for The vow. They'd been following us and, you know, just following our journey, but I could not sit down in front of a camera and talk because of my PTSD. I was so traumatized. And finally I agreed to do an interview. And that podcast came up at the perfect time. And I listened to it and it, it helped me see that I don't have to hide my shame. It was so much about being real and just owning everything that you are and like not needing to be perfect and have it all together. And so I listened to that, like maybe three times or something before the interview. And it got me in that space where I could open my, my heart and my soul.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to tell James, I'll make sure to link that episode. Cause that was, that was it was actually one of my favorite, I think that was maybe 2018, 2019. Yeah. But it was one of my favorite episodes and he's, he's incredible. So I'll link it in the show notes if anyone wants to like go way back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thank
0: you. Thank you for, for that and for everything you do. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for just being you and being so willing to be vulnerable and to crack open and to let us experience the star that you are and that shine that you have within you. I would love for you to share a, you know, whether it's a website or a way that someone can get in touch with you. I know that you're on Instagram, Mm -hmm. so share the ways that people can reach out if they want to just connect, um, offer feedback. You all know that I love, especially when I have guests on, like, please let us know if there was anything about today's episode that resonated with you or connected with you. And then of course, if you want to reach out to Bonnie, she will share with you how you can do that.
1: Yes, I would love to hear from you. So, my personal Instagram is Bonnie, B O N N I E M, Peace, P I E S S E. And my Soul and Sky, so Intuitive Tarot Instagram is at OfSoulAndSky. Soul and Sky. And that may be changing. So, just know that the, the personal, you can always find me there. I might change the other handle. Um, yeah. And the website for that is OfSoulAndSky.com, Soul and which also might change. So, Yeah. (laughs) Come say hi
0: (laughs) of soulandsky.com. We will make sure that that's on there as well as your personal page. And just thank you so much again. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. And um, I can't wait for everyone to listen to you and your incredible story. And of course, reach out to you because you definitely have a gift and you've, you've tapped into something pretty remarkable. And you also have a lot of, I think, Um, wisdom that's outside of this earth, but then you've also had a lot of life experience that gives you so much wisdom. And um, the people that are listening would be very, very, very um, just lucky and um, they would find so much benefit in working with you. So thank you for being here. Thank you so
1: much, Julie. Thank you.
0: As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast.